Welcome to another episode of Principal Wonderings, a place for leading and learning as we focus on engaging kids in meaningful experiences. I'm your host, Jamie Lipson, proud principal at Lockville Middle School, home of the Wildcats. In this episode, we'll wonder about those successes and challenges of implementing project-based learning with kids and with staff alike. We'll reflect upon one of our adventures just completed in our eighth grade with our team. Let's get started. All right, I'm here with uh, our creative Miss Morrison from, uh, I'm gonna call her the eighth grade teacher this year. Um, we've had to adapt and adjust, hi Aim. Hi. Hey, she's here. Um, so um, as part of our uh, staff, I guess, appreciation, but also slash um, getting to know each other and what's going on in the building, uh, we've developed these uh, series of uh, just quick little tidbits about what's going on. So um, I've kind of selected a project, uh, the Ideal Society project that was happening in the eighth grade, our first quarter, I believe. Um, Aim, and you're you're gonna you you've been selected to kind of tell us a little bit about that. So, um, do you want to kind of line out kind of what the project was and and uh, how you guys all put it together? Yeah. Um, so I, in knowing we were gonna do this, I had to think back a bit and. I actually got pretty excited when I was thinking about the beginning um, and how we'd all kind of come together and sat down in a room and we're brainstorming and trying to come up with our ideas. And I think that's the part where we really did a great job um, as far as thinking through what we needed to cover content wise, what we were all going to be presenting in that first quarter as well as what might be engaging for students to do, and then trying to come up with a project idea that would integrate the two so that was meaningful and relevant, um, but also open enough that the kids could have their own kind of view of themselves in it. They needed to see themselves and what they were doing and that would create the engagement. And so um, we started with just tracking down, okay, what is history covering? What could we cover in art? What's ELA doing? And then breaking that down into ideas as far as, well, what could pull those things all together? And um, we used history actually as our focus for um, what we landed on. And we thought about government and culture and society. From there, we thought, well, art, we could supplement with creating a geographical landscapes that uh, we could put into a map that the kids create, they could be imaginative and create narratives of these societies. Um, so anyway, the ideal society is what we came up with. Um, and from there, we just went through the steps of trying to create a good framework for the project. I don't know if you want me to go in details on that step. That was a lot. The creative process of coming up with the framework is the hardest part. And so we spent hours together um, in a room with a whiteboard and going through the pieces. Yes. Well, I remember seeing the the aftermath of the of the board. I think I took a picture of it somewhere, but it, yeah, it was quite sure. quite messy. Quite messy. Um, but uh, so that was that was something new that we had we hadn't done for quite some time or ever. Um, getting a bunch of content areas in the same room and talking about a a guided project. Um, and uh, so I mean, with I, I got to see the end products, but tell me kind of how, how it, how, how did it go? How did it go good? Was it a, a bust? Tell me more about um, that. 
So I think as far as, I mean, I look at success of a project in different ways. As far as the setup, I think we did a great job as having it lined up. I mean, so we all knew our pieces of how we wanted to contribute and what we needed to contribute. And we had the order um, in which we were going to do it. So um, it had the progress had clear or the project had clear progression as far as what needed to be done. Um, and then uh, the other parts that were important were making sure that we hit like the hook for the kids and the overarching question. So once we kind of knew what we wanted to cover and in what order it was, okay, well, what is the actual question? And that was going to be, um, what, uh, constitutes an ideal society was our question from there. We said, well, how can we hook the kids with it, um, to launch the project? And, um, Kristen had the idea of throwing out a passenger's clip it video segment of, you know, going into a whole new world, waking up, you're alone. But the idea is that you're off to settle a new place. And so to bring in that reality, the kids, well, maybe that would happen someday. And then also we've got Elon Musk and things. So we came up with the idea of the kids in order to create this project. What they're actually doing is doing a pitch to investors to fund um, a startup pretend, you know, society in a different place. And so they're taking pitch ideas of people um, that are saying, here's the ideal society you would want to fund. And here, let me showcase it to you. And here's why they are the best. So that was the concept of the project. And like I said, I thought that part was well thought out. We were all excited, I think, about um, how it would flow together and how it would really tie in what we were teaching into it so it doesn't feel like wasted time. It's just having the kids apply now what they learned about culture, what they learned about government, what they were doing in our all to this one thing that then they got to work on throughout a length of time and then they would be more invested in it. And so that idea was really great. And um, so that started off well. Being distance learning, part started to fizzle. Um, and that, of course, our idea of time and how that was going to look didn't always match up perfectly. So something was covered and then not touched again for a while. So when we actually did get to that part, it was like, well, we have to reteach that someplace else. Um, we also didn't realize attendance was gonna be such an issue. They're not at school, so they're forced to go to all their different classes and they're gonna be sure to get that curriculum. So we would do things in art that wouldn't get touched by the kids that never participated in art. And then we would do PBL stuff time and they wouldn't go to PBL. And so they wouldn't get that. And then they were confused when they went to art or vice versa. And so that was the huge headache and, and frustration um, with the progression idea of the project. Um, and so that's where the pitfalls came in. Um, but the kids that were doing it, they were investing. They got through the project, the more real these societies became to them because um, they'd imagine more pieces of it. And especially by the time they got to their maps where they're showing geographic representation of this society and how it works and you know the layout, that was really fun. Um, so I don't know, what's the next <laughs> question please? What's the next question? So um, <laughs> tell, me, tell me about the, uh, the product. What, what was the product in the end? And maybe how did you uh, exhibition that piece? I think. Did you hear that? Okay, so that is one of my greatest disappointments 
is that the best part of a PBL project for me is the showcasing. And that's the part that for the kids is the most important usually. Um, and then the reflection at the end that they do on the learning, which really is what emphasizes, uh, oh yeah, they did learn something. They realize they learned something when they usually reflect on it. Um, because of our timing of distance learning, we were just really trying to wrap it all up at the end of the quarter. So it was just get the product piece done, which you would normally use to then present and showcase to your classes, which was the original goal was to present to your homerooms um, and do awards that way. They never got to do that because we cut off at at the quarter and then there were so many people that had fallen behind or hadn't been able to do it due to attendance that they didn't want to have that affect their grades in second quarter. So um, I think some homerooms still probably had the kids present theirs. I know in mine, I did second quarter though it wasn't for a grade, but those that had put a lot of time into them, they wanted to show off what they had done. So we had them present them to the class, um, but all of them, uh, the top, top products for each homeroom, not the presentations because they didn't present, but the top products that they had created, those we sent off to the judges and they judged and um, those winners were given a prize. But um, no, the saddest thing about this project was that it never closed officially how it should have. So we didn't really get to see all of the individual kids kind of show off their work and feel that pride and being able to talk about what they had done and created. Um, and then we never really got to gather the feedback from them either about the parts that they liked. The one thing I did do um, in my homeroom at the end just to kind of gauge it was based on all of their courses that they had had that first quarter, um, it was shown to be the second hardest course they called PBL, the second hardest course that they had in first quarter. Um, and it's true. I think that most time project-based learning is stream or seen as kind of strenuous and difficult because you are asked to critically think and sometimes they're not asked to do that very often. Um, and so it's hard, but at the same time, it was also uh, the second favorite course that they had first quarter. What do you so think that, that is? That was just my own homeroom. Um, yeah. I think because the mind is happiest when it's actively engaged in a challenge. Oh, wow. And being able to then talk about it and showcase it after. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, I believe that's how a lot of projects go from time to time because they are seen as the end of it, you know, the end of the grading period or the end of the year or so sometimes we don't always get to that very important reflective piece. And, and so, um, you know, I'm just excited that they wanted, they were disappointed when they didn't get to showcase. Um, and I, I think that says a lot about the project. And I think you hit it right on the head is when they're actively engaged and they're creating something, um, maybe something new or something that they have, you know, some buy into that, that that's important to them. And we, that's, that's really the meat of project-based learning, I would say is that motivation and engagement. So. Tell me um, if there are just a couple things that you would do differently if you were to do this again, um, what would you do differently? Uh, well, digital learning wise, 
No. Um, okay, but I think a lot of the problems that we had with this one could be fixed just with him being in school. So, yeah. so maybe pinpoint some of those things. If we were back in school, this would have worked better. Um, well, I think just everyone having clearer idea of the full project and then like their role in it and maybe how they could incorporate that more meaningfully into content they're teaching at the moment. So it's not such a stretch from you kind of covered this, try to you know remember and, and pull it back in here, but maybe more targeted to the project itself and maybe even take up some of you know their content course time to cover that element to contribute you know to the project especially in this system if we have to have it be you know separate courses that kind of would work um we definitely need to make sure that we don't stop at the product because it is the sharing and the reflection that actually should take almost eh, a good amount of time just like the putting it together um, because that is the part that is usually the most meaningful. And we tend, I know I used to at the very beginning, focus on, well, it's about the product at the end. What did they create? Is it awesome? Does it look good? Um, and then I realized through going through it a few times that it's usually listening to them talk about it and what they say about it that I find the most interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. I think too, there, sometimes it's a, a secular um, process where they, they present and then they get critique and then they go back and they they rework and that's a huge part of the process too so allowing time for that would be really really important i think um and you also mentioned if they were in school regular attendance would be probably most beneficial yeah, yeah that's huge <laughs> i really loved you guys rallying around a concept or a project um seemed like we had pretty good buy-in you know i know it was new it was probably the worst timing in the world to maybe try to kick off something new. Um, but I look forward to maybe you guys trying something a little bit, uh, maybe a different project or something similar in the near future. So I appreciate your time today. Um, I, um, I appreciate all your efforts in towards this uh, project and engaging kids. So thank you. Thank you.